Hello, my dear. Hello, how are you? Oh, wow, there's that beautiful accent. I love it. <gasps> Speaking of the UK, where, where are you from? I'm based out in London, uh, England. Um, London, England. <laughs> I love it. So, uh, and have you been there your whole life? Have you moved around? I've, I've lived around, yes. I've, um, originally, I'm originally from Nigeria, so I have my Nigerian community there here. I, I wish you lots, lots of love. Um, I was born in Nigeria and moved to England at two. My mum moved over when I was just like literally, literally two years old. And I stayed here to about nine and a half. Went back again to Nigeria to, um, my dad thought um, it was time I needed to learn some authentic way of life. I need to go back to Africa and learn uh, basic stuff. So yeah, we moved over to um, Nigeria and stayed there till I was about 17 and a half and came over back to the UK. So it's between both continents. I, I practically say when people ask me, who are you, where are you from? I think I'm, um, I, 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 I've lived more in the United Kingdom, but I'm also very much Nigerian and African girl. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Well, that's a, that's a very cool mix. Um, I would imagine that there's not a huge population of that, that mixture that you run into. In the United Kingdom, there are actually. Um, oh, yeah. Many, yes, many um, parents uh, decided to do similar thing to what my parents mm. did, was actually live halfway and then send their kids back home because they just felt that it was quite essential that you know a little bit about who you are, where you're from, your background. Yeah, so you see a lot of us in the United Kingdom. Very good. Well, there you go. You learn well, something every day. And I, I did not know that. <laughs> yes. How so are you? I'm super excited. I, I love what you're doing. Um, I think it's a really cool, you know, I, I, like I was saying briefly when we logged on here, you know, pain is one of these things, like we all have this association with that word. Um, I've found that pain, you know, if you change your association with it, like obviously nobody wants to have pain in the traditional sense, but you, you can't learn without pain. You can't grow without it. And um, so I'm dying to talk to you as a pain expert and how to make your day painless. Please tell us about, let's start a little bit about with your journey and how you, I mean, we just talked about your, you know, your background, but how, how you got to this point and kind of what you're doing with it and what your goal is moving forward. Okay, so my um, journey started from a very young age. Everyone asked me, why pain? Why did you think um, uh, my book should be called? This is not my book, by the way, but this is my um, hand sheet that I hold every time I do my interview. Everyone asked, why painless? What does that mean? What does that truly mean? I know I was born, I was born at a ten, uh, when I was born, I, was, I, had, I have sickle cell anemia. And sickle cell is a blood disorder that affects your um, your blood blood. So the way your blood flows in the body. So if when you when you when you have sickle, it gets stuck. And people ask, what do you mean get stuck? I say, like, you know, just imagine the blood vessels and all the red blood cells trying to get through. But because you're now stressed out, then the red blood cells are um, people with sickle cell rather than having it round like a round ball, we have it in a cursing shape. So they all get sticky and all mashy and they all stick together. And imagine it's being stuck wherever, where, because it's blood related, it could be any part of your body, anything that uses blood. And this gets stuck there and that causes tremendous pain. And I mean pain. 
And as a child growing up, I was very confused about it. I was thinking, why am I in such pain all the time? Why why am I being punished? And I didn't see the benefit of this pain. All I felt was that I was being cost because I knew everyone said to me, get ready, enjoy your life now. Because by the time you're 21, you're going to die. So just enjoy it while you can. I always did that. I enjoyed my life. I remember I said at the beginning, I've lived in both countries. So when I was in Nigeria, the challenges I had were very different than when I had when I was here. If, for example, when I was younger living in Nigeria, the pain I had was pain of, oh, she's never, I'm never going to amount to anything. She's a child that's born with this chronic illness that can't do anything. And that stayed in my mind. I believed it. And I, I believe, trust me, I believe I was never going to get married because everyone said to me, no one marries a girl who's sickle cell. So don't ever think of being dating a guy because you're never going to get married. I was bedwetting because my dad wanted me to um, stop, um, to not get sick because in, in, in Nigeria, probably like very much like the United States, is where you, um, you pay for your hospital. In the UK, we're so fortunate, we, we do it through our, um, we pay through natural contribution. In Nigeria, you pay. So my dad never wanted me to get sick. Every night, my dad would give me a bottle of water. I said, take your water. You have to drink it before you go to bed. And I would drink this full bottle of water. And then in the morning, I see my bed all wet. And I just know I shouldn't be wet in the bed. I am now 14 and I'm still bed wetting. But it was just because of the sheer pain I was going through. My dad didn't want me to get sick. And that was the only way they knew how to cure me. So it's always all these challenges that comes with living with pain. And that gave me the insight of who I am today, I think. I'm trying to answer the question that, how did I get to where I am today? It was because of my own chronic illness of living with pain, where I thought I turned off my mindset. I turned everything up and said, I'm not worthy. I'm a, I'm a useless person. These are the words I used to say to myself. You're useless. You're not gonna contribute anything to society. You're going to die very soon. Why are you in a system? You're never going to get married. Why bother with school? Because all my sisters did very well, but I never did very well because I couldn't, hmm. do, I couldn't go to school. And if I went to school, I never understood what the teacher was doing. So it was just a waste of my time. The teacher will be writing. I'll just be taking notes and lying to myself. So it's all these struggles that came with the pain. And not just the pain of this illness itself, but the pain of human beings. Human beings rejected me. Human beings believing before I did, before I even opened my mouth and said, I wanted to do this. Someone looking at me and saying, you're too sick. Why, why bother? Why even give it a go? So it's that pain that I live with today and, I, and it sticks in my mind that says, there is pain in this world and I had to learn how to deal with this pain and had to learn how to overcome these circumstances. Oh, wow. I love that. I mean, yeah, it's like, it's almost like you, you want pain in a way, right? Because would you be where you are today? And, and you know, would, would you, if you don't figure out a way to overcome it, and if you don't have that, like, that deep pain that, so it's like, you, I, I like the phrase, without the bitter, the sweet just ain't as sweet. It's like, you don't know how great it is when, when you're able to, like, kind of overcome it and, and break through. You know, do you feel like there was a point in your life when you started realizing you could use this pain for 
you know, instead of against you and, and, you know, kind of transitioning into what you're doing now? Oh gosh, that took a while. I have to be honest. It's, it wasn't something that just came automatically. Right. It wasn't something I said to myself, oh gosh, I could do this. This is going to be an easy process. No, um, it took many years of me really hurting. And I, I think I always say to people, to heal, you need people to heal you. As much as everyone says, oh, you could do it, you always need someone who truly believes in you, who sees you on a different landscape, who sees you different from the way your mom and dad will see you, the way the world will see you, but someone who sees some potential in you and is willing to take that big risk. I found that person and that person saw me and said, I remember I had a business trip and I was so excited to go for this trip because it was one of my real first business taking risks and saying, okay, I want to do this. I want to go on a trip. And I remember getting already a day before I got sick. And I was saying to myself, oh, it's just a nine or six or something. It's going to go away. Don't worry about it. And it's going to go away. But um, by the night time, I noticed this thing, it was not going away. It was just getting worse. And I remember calling my mother saying, look, I think I'm, I have sickle cell, but it's, it's going to go away. I believe it's going to go away. I've been doing everything. I've been doing everything right. I've been taking my medicine. And she said, are you not meant to be traveling tomorrow? I said, yeah, I am. She said, oh, I don't think you should. I think you should think about rescheduling that flight. No, 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 no. This is my one big opportunity to shine. And she said, but the country you're going through to might not recognize all the painkillers you're going to bring with you to this country because I take when I travel I take really really strong painkillers and she said are you sure you want to take that risk just because you want to prove to somebody you could do a business what even what if it's not even meant to be I said no 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 this is negative speaking I believe I could do it midnight it got worse I couldn't even I started I couldn't breathe so I called the ambulance I never called the ambulance but this time I called the ambulance and say, please take me to hospital because it's either I sit here and run away or I go to hospital and know at least if you you know, if you go early, there's a chance of you guys catching my sickle cell and helping me ill. I got to hospital, this by then my crisis was so bad, um, it was on it was not uh, it was not a crisis of recovery. It was a crisis of now intensive care because I let I and now you, this is why they always say to us, when you notice signs of you being sick, or even, even with life, when you notice your journey, it's like someone who's going into credit card debt. The more you dig in, the more you take, don't take, it keeps getting worse, you keep getting more, you know, you keep getting more credit card debt. It's the same thing with our, our illness, the more you let it be, the more you get sick. So I let, uh, I got there, I ended up in intensive care because my sickle cell was so bad. I didn't have, the energy or even know-how to call these people because I was so well, I couldn't even speak on the phone. And that's when um, the next, when I started to recover and realized where I was, reality then kicked in. I realized that I'd missed this meeting. I didn't even call the client to tell them I wasn't coming. They booked my tickets and I didn't turn up. So my doctor came in for the ward round. This is when I was slightly better, three days later. I started crying. I said, don't come see me, please. You know, life is not even worth it. Why are you guys even treating me? And the doctor was like, why is she, why? she should be grateful that she's alive. And I was like, no, no, no. Grateful for what? Why are you even treating me? Do you, you know, you don't need to treat me. Just go to the next patient. Go, go, go. And the doctor was like, oh gosh, Aaron, relax. Uh, and I was crying, crying. And 
and I had blood on one arm, I had IV in the one arm, I had um, thin on my neck because my veins were no longer existing, it was all going from one of my neck. And the doctor looked at me thinking, gosh, she should be grateful she's alive. And no. And I said, no, why should I be grateful? I miss my business, I miss everything, I miss life. I'm missing life, don't you get it? Then what's the point of life, you know? And I was really being honest with him. And he went away. He said, I better, because he came with the whole stuff, of, you know, they come with the whole team, the pneumatology, all kinds of doctors. And then he just left to the next week because he said he saw I was upset, so he didn't want to stay any further. And 45 minutes later, he came back. And he said, oh, and I didn't want to talk in front of my colleagues, but what's wrong? And I said to him, I miss everything. I get a job, I quit because I can't do it because of sickle cell. I get, um, I, I want to get married, then I'm always so nervous about life. I want to do this, I can't do it. I want to try being an entrepreneur. I can't do it. What can I do? What is the purpose of my life, doctor? Why are you keeping me? Just let it be, let me go. And he looked at me saying, Anne, why are you talking like this? I said, what do you mean why am I talking like this? This is how to talk. Why are you keeping me? Stop it, just, and I, I went, to the thing on my neck, I wanted to pull it out because I was just so mad. You know, because we take morphine and it, it agitates you as well. You know, you get even, even if you're a normal person, you get more mad because you've taken all these tablets. So I wanted to take the morphine off my neck, just pull it out. And he looked at me and said, just relax, just relax. I understand. I understand what, I understand your pain. I understand you're in so much pain physically from the sickle cell. And not only that, you're social, and socially you're in so much pain because people are rejecting you. People don't believe in you. Because I got a text message from the people saying, you, you wasted our time, you booked this flight, you didn't come. So he, my doctor said, I understand. So you feel like nothing is going right. But all I would tell you is that, and believe me, I myself, your doctor is also going through pain. I'm not well. I have my own illness. So I'm just trying to make this work for me. I said, whatever, doctor, just, it's okay, just go, just go, just go. And I text my mentor, who's still my mentor to today, and I said, he, I said to him, oh gosh, I'm so upset, this life is not worth living. And he sent me the most beautiful message, and I don't know why he sent me this. He said, and life is full of pain. Everybody you meet is going through pain. I'm thinking, what do you mean? And I, and I have to finish everything he said. Everyone you meet is going through pain. Some people are going through pain. They have no mother. They've just lost, they're going through war pain. They're going through um, divorce, all kinds of pain. You are just going through your battle right now. Give it time. Your battle will be over and you will see the light again. I read that text. I said, gosh, this is now you've sorted me to the highest level of insult. Why have you just done it? Then at night time, it's almost like something flashed within me. Something I just saw something which I've never ever seen in my life. Something said to me at night, and yes, you are going through pain, but turn your pain into purpose. Yes, you might not be able to achieve anything that the world thinks you can achieve. You might not be the accountant your dad wants you to be. You might not be the the super person you want to be you, you you've set out for yourself but guess what turn your pain into purpose i didn't know what that meant but that stuck with me 
And that's when I had the shift in mindset. Said, I'm going to make my pain my best friend. When I'm in pain, I will cry about it. But when I'm well, I will do my very best for society. I will give it my all. And when I'm sick, I don't care. I would just say, okay, it's fine. My friend can knock knocking at the door. I have to entertain my friend and I'll make time for my sick pain. And that's how I shift my mindset about hmm. it. And that's why I started, I started reaching out to others. I love that. So you shift, yeah. Uh, so it's a mindset shift. So you're kind of, the way I would look at it, the term, you know, I use gamification a lot and um, kind of tricking your brain into being uh, happier, taking the actions that are good for you. And this is a great example of, you know, it's like, okay, there's nothing you can do about it. And you can either be a, a victim that fixed victim in life that says, poor me, like you started your story out in the hospital. Like why even bother treating me? What's the point? Um, or you can become a growth owner is what I refer to them, which is, you know, okay, life's not perfect. I'm not perfect, but I've got some great stuff going for me and I've got a purpose and I know where I'm headed and I'm going to get there no matter what. And yes, there's going to be obstacles along the way and there's going to be pain and I'm going to get whacked. And, uh, but it's the way that you look at that pain and those obstacles. And I like how you said it's, you know, it's like a, a friend. Did you use the word friend? Yes. Right. Because, and that, that word's important too, because, you know, it's, it's one thing if you go, it's an enemy coming to just, you know, kind of fire at me for, Versus like, okay, it's a friend coming to pay a visit and, you know, it, it may not be the most pleasurable experience, but I know from this, I'm going to become stronger and I'm going to be able to use this in my life. And it goes back to that very first quote I was saying at the beginning of our, of our, um, yes. of our episode, without the bitter, the sweet just ain't as sweet, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very important. So tell me, how are you helping people? How are you using your pain? to reduce the pain of the world, so to speak. Yes, so I learned a valuable lesson from my own life. I learned that as much as people, the human world might say you are useless, you are not. You, everyone has a specific purpose, but sometimes we just need, we need to breed and we need to um, nurture and find, take our time to find our purpose. Some people's purpose find, can come out when they're little babies, they know what their purpose is. Some people come out when they're teenagers. Some comes out when they're adults. But we just need that time to nurture ourselves, to not rush the process. Because I think some, so, so often we rush our process. We want it now. We want things to happen. I was the last oldest person when I graduated from university. I was the oldest person in my class at that time. When I started university, I was 22. Most of my friends were 18. I used to hide my age because they would ask me, how old you are? I would say, um, I'm 18. And my sisters, who I'm older than, would come to my university. And I would say to them, girls, if you guys can't say we're cousin, don't come to my university. Just don't show up there. Because I was that embarrassed about my age, about my starting late and my... Um, inability to fit with the protocol, what the norm, what society defined as 
this is the norm, this is the age you should get married, this is the age you should have kids, this is the age you should do this. I was so embarrassed, I wasn't able to fit with that norm. So I realized that um, it wasn't just me in this pain, that this world is actually, there are a whole bunch of us. In fact, not even a whole bunch of us, it's almost everyone is in one kind of pain or the other. It, is it mothers having kids, feeling first time mom, feeling that um, reluctantness of having the first child and being a mother? Is it someone in credit card debt who's having that pain of not being able to um, pay your debt because you don't know your pain of that struggle constantly? With my pain, what it, it taught me is that pain is pain. It doesn't matter what pain you're going through. You're suffering, and it's that suffering is costing you so much unhappiness. It's costing you to slow down your life. It's costing you not to progress in your agenda, in your in things you should be doing well, in things you should be focusing. Because I focus when I'm doing my own pain, which was a chronic illness pain. I focused so much on my pain that I didn't see the outer world. I didn't know how to relate to the outer world, and that caused me other pains, such as. I didn't know how to relate to people doing business, so I lost my business, my business in the first year. I lost all the money because I didn't know what a business is when I started a business because I didn't know how to human relate. Every time I would try and relate to someone, my sickle cell would hold me back. Then I would use a different mentality. Instead of using a business mentality to deal with that person, I would use sickle cell mentality. Oh, what if I got sick? What if I... Business doesn't care about you getting sick. Business cares about business being done. And you signing the contract and being honest with the contract, not using that sympathy vote. You're in debt. It doesn't, no one cares. The bank doesn't care about. Uh, when I was sick, I, I realized that if people who are in debt or people who have a difficult time, you could plead with the bank all you want. Oh, I can't pay my debt this month. I can't pay my debt that month. After three months, the bank is calling to you and saying, we're going to repossess your home. We're going to do this. So when you're in pain, if you don't find the strengthen you to twist that key and get out of that room and say look i have to keep moving i need to do this for myself you'll be stuck and not just you'll be stuck everything you've built everything you work for will be destroyed because you let pain ruin you so what we do at painless university is to help people who are going through those difficult pain first we start by having conversations with people to share their stories. So people could go on our, 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 covers, our websites and watch their stories and learn. Because we learn, we figured out, I figured out myself. If I had someone who has told me, there's certain things you could do with sickle cell, there's certain things you could do with it that will not make your crisis this bad, there's certain things you should be aware about the world. I don't think I would have been in so much problems. I don't think I would have started late or my mother would have been informed because I could have shared those videos with her and say, mom, Oh, watch this video. See, this other girl suffered this thing. She would have, um, this thing. she would have solved it desperately. So that's the first thing we used to utilize the videos to storytelling to for people to understand that they're not alone. There are people out there who are going through it, and these things are free tools for you to watch and learn from someone else. And we then we do we help people who are going through those pain to bring out the best to help you thrive. Because the worst place, anybody who wants to be successful will remain. If I stayed where I was in that hospital lamenting or listening to everyone who said, oh yes, and you can't do it because you're not good enough. You're sick, look at you, you're, you're never, you, you can't even make it through a week. You're not good enough. 
I would be where I am today. I would still be stuck in my own prison. I call it prison. I don't even say I was stuck in anything. I was stuck in my own prison. I had to break the chain and say, enough, I need to be successful. I need to be, and successful not always, it doesn't have to always be money-wise, but successful means that you could go out freely and not be burdened by fear. And that's what we do at Painless Universe. So we help people going through pain and helping them to find a painless day so they could thrive and live their life, their best life. Yeah, I love that. And so what are some of the strategies that you use, right? So it's like, what, what are you, how are people taking that pain and using it for instead of against them? So some of the strategies is from through the conversation. We used to write a conversation, putting people in touch so they could go watch the show and making sure they're watching relevant shows that is um, appropriate for them. So on the show, we have different categories. We have the entrepreneurship category, chronic illness category, and family, relationship. And, you know, so there are nine different categories we have that you could just click in and you could fill one that is appropriate for you. Secondly, we, um, we pair people up. We pair people with pain, people going through pain, we pair them up with other people so they could find similar, uh, similar person who's in that similar circumstances with them. And they could have the similar, you know, when you share your problems, because I always remember when I was in hospital, I had a patient who was next to me, she had sickle cell, and there were certain things I would complain about. And she said, oh, you shouldn't complain about it. This is what you should do. And that made me feel really good that actually someone else is going through this problem. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. so we pair people up, people with similar pains. We find you and we find a match for you that which you could talk to. And if that person works for you, it's almost like a dating, but dating for pain. So we do that, mm -hmm. uh, we do that matchmaking for you. We also provide services. We find the right people who will provide those services for you that will talk to you and help you um, go through certain things. If that matchmaking is not enough, we also provide those services. Work with service providers as well. I like that. So you're, you're pairing them up, and yeah, I like the analogy. Right, it's kind of gamifying it. You're you're, you're dating for pain. Uh, it's kind of a cool way to look at. It's like you're you're finding a match, and then you're giving them outside services to help them, and then you're kind of leaving it up to them to be their own growth owners to 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 use this stuff and figure it out or are you kind of along the way holding their hands um because we're still new so we're just every every step we have to keep growing us on each step and working on different step that works and seeing what works and we keep improving our system because we have a system that we use so we keep improving our different systems depending on the feedbacks we get from our, our i love it we'll keep doing that stuff and and i'm very excited to see how you're going to progress in this journey and helping. I think it's a really smart way to do it because at the end of the day, you know, one of the most powerful emotions is, is that feeling of like, you're not alone and, and, and belonging and, and there's other people out there. And when you feel like you're alone with pain and nobody else is gone, like, I can't imagine a worse feeling, right? Which is imagine how you probably felt when you were in the hospital with your story that you told. And then, I mean, how great does it feel for you now? Not only are you, I mean, you have this huge community, right? And you have all this support and you have all these people that are going through and you see, God, not only am I not alone, like, it's like, but there's all these other people that want to support me and I want to support them. And it's like just building each other up. And that's, that's what this world needs to be all about. Yeah, absolutely. I so it's, it's, 
Yeah, thank you for for being part of that. One of the things I like to always talk about as when we're we start to wrap things up is in terms of habits. Are there certain habits that you feel maybe a habit that you used to have? I call them failure versus success habits. Um, you used to have, and now you've been able to change that failure habit because of your new perspective, your mindset shift, what whatnot, uh, into a what a, a success habit that is helping to build your momentum and your happiness. And is that, you know, whatever that is, is that something that you're using in your system and helping other people to, you know, to, to, to use for themselves as well? Um, I think honestly, I, 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 I tell people because I was able to heal myself, I don't like to lie about it. I know there's so many people who, who go out there and tell you to do this or wake up every day at five o'clock, do this, do that. I tell people, listen to your body. Listen to your soul, listen to your mind, and do what pleases you. Do what pleases your soul. Because at the end of the day, life is very short. And whether we like it or not, it is very, very short. The worst regret we have in life is not doing what we wanted to do or not sleeping that extra minute because there's someone who told us that they got up every morning at five in the morning to do the run, to do the... Some people did that and they still died at 60 years old. And I know so many people like that. So I say to people, listen to your body. Listen to the, like today, I woke up, I couldn't get out of bed. And like he said, it was my body saying, I need an extra hour of sleep and I need it. I just cannot get out of bed. And if I was that kind of person that would say to myself, oh, because I wanted to be this person, I need to do this. I think I would fill my body. Sometimes I think the body heals at different times of the day. And everyone's body heals at different times. My body tends to heal in the morning. This is when I know my body needs to drink lots and lots of water. So whether I like it or not, I have to drink a liter of water first in the morning to get the body healing. And I feel it. I feel I'm healing. I feel like all the bad things in me are just being washed away. So I, I had to learn that skill of listening to me, not listening to my sister, not listening to my kids, listening to my own body and found out what worked for me. I, went, I used to go to the gym. I tried that method. And I started getting sick. I got other complications from going to the gym at six o'clock every morning. And I got really sick. My doctor said, you have a choice here. You have to either stop that method of working out because it's not working out for you. I can't work out. I can't go for walks during winter when it's cold because I get a sickle cell crisis. So then that's just what I say to people. As much as everyone preaches to you, oh, do this, you'll be so successful. Do what makes your body happy that's it that's it that's all i do and since i started doing that i've been my best weight ever i've been i i i i i look healthier than ever and i've never been in hospital for my sickle cell crisis the only time wow. I was when i went for my um my gallbladder gall remover which i needed to do 10 years ago but finally i did it this year in may yeah that took me back that took me in hospital and if, if I didn't listen to my body, I think I would have even been in hospital longer than I was. I was in hospital for 10 days in intensive care. But because I've been looking after my body, then I didn't. So I just say to people, listen to your body. It's the same way you listen to your finances. So I could tell you, oh, don't work, 
spend all your time on being an entrepreneur. Well, I'm sorry, if you don't have money to feed your kids, how can you be an entrepreneur? You need the basic before you can be an entrepreneur. Feed your kids first. Look, make sure the household is good. Then you go out there and become an entrepreneur. I love that. I love that. Great advice. And I love that success habit. Um, I think a lot of people, I just want to kind of reemphasize that. I think that a lot of people will read what other people are doing and they get caught up in feeling like I should do this, right? Like, so for instance, I remember when I was first getting into personal development and reading about how like, and like everybody I felt like I was reading, like I remember Tony Robbins was one of the very first books I read like 20 some years ago. And he's like, I wake up at 5 a.m. And you know, I've had, I, before, before the sun comes up, I've had my workout and I've had my shake and I'm and I, and then I was like reading other books and they were all saying like, they get up at the crack of dawn. And it was like, I just immediately, I, or I was associating success with early rising. And I tried it. I tried it really hard. Like I, I gave it my best shot, but my biology, like my physiology, literally, I am not a morning person and I can't cheat the system, right? I mean, there's certain habits that you can get into and you can, you know, you can trick your brain, but I feel like physical biology, like you're saying like pain, if it's coming, just, just accept it. It's your friend. It's here. Like, don't try to fight it. Like, and I was just fighting up wind and upstream. And finally I got like, you know what? I'm, I'm, I may not be waking up at the crack of dawn, but I'm extremely productive at night when a lot of people are like in bed by eight or nine, which, which is fine if you're an early riser, but I might be up till 10, 11, 12 o'clock and I'm working. Like last night I was working on a project and I was super excited and my brain was like super sharp and I was focused and I, that, that's the time when my brain was alive and when my body was alive. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's important what you said for people to realize, like don't feel like you should go to the gym because other people are going to the gym. Like figure out a, what, what do you like to do? For exercise do you like to play basketball do you like to play tennis do you like to you know go on the you know the um what's this thing that's taken off the uh, peloton like right it's like and they're they're geniuses by the way and that they've gamified fitness in a way that it makes you want to work out no way. very smart using stuff like rewards and competition and social connectivity like you're doing and that's what life's all about figuring out ways to kind of get your brain to go okay yeah like, this is what works. This is listening to yourself. And now let's go this way and let's figure out ways along the way to reduce friction to be happy. Yes, absolutely. I think it's, that's the only way because that's the only way you find your joy. Else you find yourself going back in the same routine and being unhappy where you are. 100%. Well, Anne, thank you so much for being on. This was really, really great. And let's keep in touch. I love what you're doing. I want to see your, your system flourish any way that I can help and support you. Please don't hesitate to reach out. We are now a connection. We are now part of a, a greater good community trying to, to help the world, help, help people one at a time. And hopefully that spreads. I was having a conversation this morning with um, somebody I work with and we were talking about like, can you imagine a world where like, ego and insecurity was like just kind of and and just like taken out of the picture to where it was like everybody's just confident in what they're doing and they're on a mission and they know their purpose and they're helping other people to get to where they want to go because they're not scared about somebody 
taking their job or, or taking something away from them or being jealous. Like if all that went away, like what would this world look like? It'd be amazing. It'd be pretty different. It'd be, it'd be and so, so that, that's, yeah. And so when I meet people such as yourself that, that are on that same, you know, trying to, trying to help head things in that direction, I'm always kudos to you. And, and I love making those connections. So thank you so much, Ann, for oh, being on the show. This was Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. Um, I hope I was able to reach out and to, you know, say things that you guys wanted to hear about. This is the honest truth. I'm only about the truth because I want people to go get painless in a truthful way, not in a Oh, my God. Mindset. Yeah, I mean, 100%. I mean, you, yeah. you, all you can do is share your own personal story mm -hmm. and, and say what you're doing, and, and people can take from what that what they will. What's amazing is personal stories, and you mentioned that term earlier, it's always something that people can relate to. Like, if you have your own personal story even if somebody doesn't have sickle cell anemia it doesn't mean that they don't have something that they can relate exactly. to for that and so thank you for sharing your story and, and what you're doing this has been great thank you so much thank you for having me and have a great day absolutely <laughs> okay and Chicago. bye thank you, <laughs> thank you. Bye. okay that's it for the five core life if you haven't already go ahead and hit that like button on this video and pound that subscribe button so you get notified when new episodes drop also, please fill out the free five core life evaluator quiz. It's a great way to get a baseline of where you are and the five cores and which of the five cores you need support. In addition, you'll get some actionable advice that you can apply and start improving your life in the areas that you need it most. That's it for today's episode of the five core life podcast. Have a wonderful day. Get moving, gain momentum, join the movement. Join Emmett by going to moremomentum.com to take a free life evaluator quiz on where you currently stand in each of your five courses.